part four of a treatise on the true devotion to the blessed virgin mary by louise marie grignon de montfort translated by frederick william faber d d this librivox recording is in the public domain part two on the most excellent devotion to our blessed lady or the perfect consecration to jesus by mary there are several interior practices of true devotion to the blessed virgin here are the principal of them stated compendiously one to honor her as the worthy mother of god with the worship of hyperdolia that is to say to esteem her and honor her above all the other saints as the masterpiece of grace and the first after jesus christ true god and true man two to meditate her virtues her privileges and her actions three to contemplate her grandeurs four to make to her acts of love of praise and of gratitude five to invoke her cordially six to offer ourselves to her and unite ourselves with her seven to do all our actions with a view of pleasing her eight to begin to continue and to finish all our actions by her in her and with her in order that we may do them by jesus christ in jesus christ with jesus christ and for jesus christ our last end we will presently explain this last practice true devotion to our lady has also several exterior practices of which the following are the chief one to enroll ourselves in her confraternities and enter her congregations two to join the religious orders instituted in her honour three to publish her praises four to give alms to fast and to undergo outward and inward mortifications in her honour five to wear her liveries such as the rosary the scapular or the little chain six to recite with attention devotion and modesty the holy rosary composed of fifteen decades of hail marys in honour of the fifteen principal mysteries of jesus christ or five decades which is the third of the rosary either in honour of the five joyous mysteries which are the annunciation the visitation the nativity of jesus christ the purification and the finding of our lord in the temple or in honour of the five sorrowful mysteries which are the agony of our lord in the garden of olives his scourging his crowning with thorns his carrying of the cross and his crucifixion or in honour of the five glorious mysteries which are the resurrection of jesus christ the ascension the descent of the holy ghost at pentecost the assumption of our blessed lady body and soul into heaven and her coronation by the three persons of the most holy trinity we may also say a chaplet of six or seven decades in honour of the years which we believe our lady lived on earth with the little corona of the blessed virgin composed of three our fathers and twelve hail marys in honour of her crown of twelve stars or privileges or the office of our lady so universally received and recited in the church or the little psalter of the holy virgin which st bonaventure has composed in her honour and which is so tender and so devout that one cannot say it without being melted by it or fourteen our fathers and hail marys in honour of her fourteen joys or some other prayers hymns and canticles of the church such as the Salve regina the alma the ave regina celorum or the regina celi according to the different seasons or the ave marie stella the o glory o sa domina the magnificat or some other practices of devotion of which books are full seven to sing or have sung spiritual canticles in her honour eight to make her a number of genuflections or reverences while saying for example every morning sixty or a hundred times ave maria virgo fidelis to obtain from god the grace by her to be faithful to the graces of god during the day 
and then again in the evening, Ave Maria, Mater Misericordia, to ask pardon of God by her for the sins that we have committed during the day. 9. To take care of her confraternities, to adorn her altars, to crown and ornament her images. 10. To carry her images, or to have them carried, in procession, and to carry a picture or image of her about our own persons, as a mighty arm against the evil spirit. 11. To have her images or her name carved and placed in churches, or in houses, or on the gates and entrances into cities, churches, and houses. 12. To consecrate ourselves to her in a special and solemn manner. There are a quantity of other practices of true devotion towards the Blessed Virgin, which the Holy Ghost has inspired into saintly souls, and which are very sanctifying. They can be read at length in the Paradise Opened of Father Barry, the Jesuit, where he has collected a great number of devotions, which the saints have practiced in honor of Our Lady, devotions which serve marvelously to sanctify souls, provided they are performed as they ought to be, that is to say, one, with a good and pure intention, to please God only, to unite ourselves to Jesus Christ as our last end, and to edify our neighbor, two, with attention and without voluntary distraction, three, with devotion, equally avoiding precipitation or negligence, four, with modesty and a respectful and edifying care of the postures of the body. But after all, I loudly protest that, having read nearly all the books which profess to treat of devotion to Our Lady, and having conversed familiarly and holily with the best and wisest of men in these latter times, I have never known nor heard of any practice of devotion towards her at all equal to the one which I wish now to unfold exacting from the soul as it does more sacrifices for god emptying the soul more of itself and of its self-love keeping it more faithfully in grace and grace more faithfully in it uniting it more perfectly and more easily to jesus christ and finally being more glorious to god more sanctifying to the soul and more useful to our neighbor than any other devotions to her as the essentials of this devotion consist in the interior which it ought to form, it will not be equally comprehended by every body. Some will stop at what is exterior in it, and will go no further, and these will be the greatest number. Some, in small number, will enter into its inward spirit, but they will only mount but one step. Who will mount to the second step? Who will get as far as the third? Lastly, who will so advance as to make this devotion his habitual state? He alone to whom the Spirit of Jesus Christ shall have revealed the secret, the faultlessly faithful soul, whom he shall conduct there himself, to advance from virtue to virtue, from grace to grace, from light to light, until he arrives at the transformation of himself into Jesus Christ, into the plenitude of his age on earth, and of his glory in heaven. In what consists the perfect consecration to Jesus Christ? All our perfection consists in being conformed, united, and consecrated to Jesus Christ, and therefore the most perfect of all devotions is without any doubt that which the most perfectly conforms, unites, and consecrates us to Jesus Christ. Now, Mary being the most conformed of all creatures to Jesus Christ, it follows that, of all devotions, that which most consecrates and conforms the soul to our Lord is devotion to his Holy Mother and that the more a soul is consecrated to Mary, the more it is consecrated to Jesus. Hence it comes to pass that the most perfect consecration to Jesus Christ is nothing else but a perfect and entire consecration of ourselves to the Blessed Virgin, and this is the devotion which I teach, 
or in other words a perfect renewal of the vows and promises of holy baptism this devotion consists then in giving ourselves entirely and altogether to our lady in order to belong entirely and altogether to jesus by her we must give her one our body with all its senses and its members two our soul with all its powers three the exterior goods of fortune whether present or to come four our interior and spiritual goods which are our merits and our virtues and our good works past present and future in a word we must give her all we have in the order of nature and in the order of grace and all that may become ours in future in the orders of nature grace and glory and this we must do without any reserve of so much as one farthing one hair or one least good action and we must do it also for all eternity and we must do it further without pretending to or hoping for any other recompense for our offering and service except the honour of belonging to jesus christ by mary and in mary even though that sweet mistress were not as she always is the most generous and the most grateful of creatures here we must remark that there are two things in the good works which we do namely satisfaction and merit in other words their satisfactory or imputatory value and their meritorious value the satisfactory or imputatory value of a good work is the good action so far as it satisfies for the pain due to sin or obtains some fresh increase of grace the meritorious value or the merit is the good action so far as its merits grace now and eternal glory hereafter now in this consecration of ourselves to our lady we give her all the satisfactory imputatory and meritorious value of our actions in other words the satisfactions and merits of all our good works we give her all our merits graces and virtues not to communicate them to others for our merits graces and virtues are properly speaking incommunicable and it is only jesus christ who in making himself our surety with his father is able to communicate his merits but we give her them to keep them augment them and embellish them for us as we shall explain by and by but we give her our satisfactions to communicate them to whom she likes and for the greater glory of god it follows from this that one by this devotion we give to jesus christ in the most perfect manner inasmuch as it is by mary's hands all we can give him and far more than by any other devotions in which we give him either part of our time or a part of our good works or a part of our satisfactions and mortifications whereas here everything is given and consecrated to him even to the right of disposing of our interior goods and of the satisfactions which we gain by our good works daily this is more than we do even in a religious order in religious orders we give god the goods of fortune by the vow of poverty the goods of the body by the vow of chastity our own will by the vow of obedience and sometimes the liberty of the body by the vow of cloister but we do not by those vows give him the liberty or the right to dispose of the value of our good works and we do not strip ourselves as far as a christian man can do so of that which is dearest and most precious to him namely his merits and satisfactions two a person who is thus voluntarily consecrated and sacrificed to jesus christ by mary can no longer dispose of the value of any of his good actions all he suffers all he thinks all the good he says or does belongs to mary in order that she may dispose of it according to the will of her son and his greatest glory without however that dependence prejudicing in any way the obligations of the state we may be in at present or may be placed in for the future 
for example without prejudicing the obligations of a priest who by his office or otherwise ought to apply the satisfactory or imputatory value of the holy mass to some private person for we make the offering of this devotion only according to the order of god and the duties of our state three we consecrate ourselves at one and the same time to the most holy virgin and to jesus christ to the most holy virgin as to the perfect means which jesus christ has chosen whereby to unite himself to us and us to him and to our lord as to our last end to whom we owe all we are as our redeemer and our god i have said that this devotion may most justly be called a perfect renewal of the vows or promises of holy baptism for every christian before his baptism was the slave of the devil seeing that he belonged to him he has in his baptism by his own mouth or by his sponsors solemnly renounced satan his pomps and his works and he has taken jesus christ for his master and sovereign lord to depend upon him in the quality of a slave of love this is what we do by the present devotion we renounce as is expressed in the formula of consecration the devil the world sin and self and we give ourselves entirely to jesus christ by the hands of mary nay we even do something more for in baptism we ordinarily speak by the mouth of another namely by our godfather or godmother and so we give ourselves to jesus christ not by ourselves but through another but in this devotion we do it by ourselves voluntarily knowing what we are doing moreover in holy baptism we do not give ourselves to jesus by the hands of mary at least not in an expressed manner and we do not give him the value of our good actions we remain entirely free after baptism either to apply them to whom we please or to keep them for ourselves but by this devotion we give ourselves to our lord expressly by the hands of mary and we consecrate to him the value of all our actions men says st thomas make a vow at their baptism to renounce the devil and all his pomps in baptizo volvent homines abernantiari diabolo et pompis eus this vow says st augustine is the greatest and most indispensable of all vows votu maximum nostrum quovovimos nos in christo esse mansoros it is thus also that canonists speak precipum votum est quodum baptismate facimus the chief of vows is the one we make at baptism yet who has kept this great vow who is it that faithfully performs the promises of holy baptism have not almost all christians swerved from the loyalty which they promised jesus in their baptism whence can come this universal disobedience except from our oblivion of the promises and engagements of holy baptism and from the fact that hardly any one ratifies of himself the contract he made with god by those who stood sponsored for him this is so true that the council of scenes convoked by the order of louis the debonair to remedy the disorders of christians which were then so great judged that the principal cause of that corruption of morals rose from the oblivion and ignorance in which men lived of the engagements of holy baptism and it could think of no better means for remedying so great an evil than to persuade christians to renew the vows and promises of baptism the catechism of the council of trent the faithful interpreter of that holy council exhorts the parish priest to do the same thing and to induce the people to remember themselves and to believe that they are bound and consecrated to our lord jesus christ as slaves to their redeemer and lord these are its words parochus fidelum ad eum rationem cohortubiter ut siat equisimumese non ipsos non secus ac mancipio redemptori nostro ac domino in perpetuum adicere et consecrare 
Cutting Killing's Council of Trent, Part 1, Chapter 3, Section 4. Now of the councils, the fathers, and experience even, show us that the best means of remedying the irregularities of Christians is by making them call to mind the obligations of their baptism, and persuading them to renew now the vows they made then, does it not stand to reason that we shall do it in a perfect manner, by this devotion and consecration of ourselves to our Lord, through his Holy Mother? I say in a perfect manner, because in thus consecrating ourselves to him, we make use of the most perfect of all means, namely, the Blessed Virgin. No one can object to this devotion as either a new or an indifferent one. It is not new, because the councils, the fathers, and many authors, both ancient and modern, speak of this consecration to our Lord, in renewing the vows and promises of baptism, as of a thing anciently practiced, and which they counsel to all Christians. Neither is it a matter of indifference, because the principal source of all disorders, and consequently of the eternal perdition of Christians, comes from their forgetfulness and indifference about this practice. But some may object that this devotion, in making us give to our Lord, by our Lady's hands, the value of all our good works, prayers, mortifications, and alms, puts us into a state of incapacity for succoring the souls of our parents, friends, and benefactors. I answer them as follows. 1. That it is not credible that our parents, friends, and benefactors should suffer any damage from the fact of our being devoted and consecrated, without exception to the service of our Lord and His Holy Mother. To think this would be to think unworthily of the goodness and power of Jesus and Mary, who know well how to assist our parents, friends, and benefactors out of our own little spiritual revenue, or by other ways. 2. This practice does not hinder us from praying for others, whether dead or living, although the application of our good works depends on the will of our Blessed Lady. On the contrary, it is this very thing which will lead us to pray with more confidence, just as a rich person, who has given all his wealth to his prince, in order to honor him the more, would beg the prince all the more confidently to give an alms to one of his friends, who shall demand it. It would even be conferring a fresh favor on the prince, and giving him a fresh pleasure, to give him an occasion of testifying his gratitude towards a person who stripped himself to clothe him, and who impoverished himself to honor him. We must say the same of our blessed Lord and of our Lady. They will never let themselves be overcome in gratitude. Someone, perhaps, may say, if I give our blessed Lady all the value of my actions, to apply it to whom she wills, I shall have to suffer, perhaps, a long time in purgatory. This objection, which comes from self-love and ignorance of the generosity of God and His Holy Mother, demolishes itself. A fervent and generous soul, who prizes the interest of God more than his own, who gives God all he has, without reserve, so that he can do nothing more, who breathes only the glory and reign of Jesus Christ by His Holy Mother, and who makes an entire sacrifice of himself to bring it about, will this general and liberal soul, I say, be more punished in the other world because it has been more liberal and more disinterested than others? Far, indeed, will that be from the truth. It is towards that soul, as we shall see in conclusion, that our Lord and His Holy Mother are most liberal, in this world and in the other, in the orders of nature, grace, and glory. But we must now, as briefly as we can, run over the motives which ought to recommend this devotion to us, the marvellous effects it produces in the souls of the faithful, and its practices. End of part four.